Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve Podcast, where the sexaholic or sex addict can find experience, strength, and hope from those that have traveled this road ahead of us. This episode is produced in the spirit of the 12th step to carry the message to other sexaholics. Every effort has been made to remove full names of the speakers in these recordings. This is done in order to follow the 11th tradition regarding anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and film. This podcast is self-supporting through contributions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and would like to support The Daily Reprieve, please do so by going to GoFundMe.com, search for The Daily Reprieve, and click on Donate Now. Without further ado, please enjoy today's Daily Reprieve. Okay, David, and there you go. Thank you. Thank you, uh, and good morning, everyone. Uh, I want to say thank you to Dennis for inviting me to speak. Uh, I was a little reluctant uh, because I feel like I'm fairly new, and I, rather than imparting a lot of wisdom, I, I am more in need of learning uh, wisdom from those who have a lot of sobriety and have a lot of experience and a lot of hope. <laughs> and so... Uh, but uh, he kind of encouraged me that uh, this is also a way of, uh, you know, uh, helping my own sobriety. So thank you, Dennis, for your encouragement. I really appreciate it, uh, getting to know you since uh, I've come into the new essay group. Uh, a little bit of my background. Um, and by the way, uh, I want to I wanna start by saying that I am a grateful recovering sexaholic. I'm still a sexaholic, so is not something that I have found a cure for other than uh, continue to take the simple steps, uh, the guidance of my sponsor, talking to other people, and um, connecting to God, my higher power. Those are the uh, real lifesavers. Those are the the lines uh, that were available to me when I was drowning in the sea of lust. Uh, Because definitely um, that's that's where my life was. I felt that... um, I was in this big, big, deep ocean, and there was no bottom. And um, unless there was a lifeline, there was no way of turning back or getting my life back. Uh, my life was truly um, unmanageable. I was powerless. Um, many times I I did have a delusion that um, uh, I could get out of it anytime I wanted to. That was earlier on. So... But uh, the older I, I was and the longer I was in this, uh, in the bondage of lust, uh, the worse things were for me. And so my life became more unmanageable. Uh, lust was just destroying every part of my life. Anything that was still good in me was uh, basically destroyed little by little to the point that I was becoming to feel like I was just a shell, just a hollow person, uh, a person that... Uh, uh, lived in a lot of uh, shame. I, I had a lot of deep shame uh, that I did not know how to voice. I did not know how to get out of it. Um, I felt guilty because I did not know how to get rid of the shame. And so since I have been in the program, um, I'm very grateful because I have learned two things. Uh, guilt is healthy, and it's a way to get a hold of uh, oneself, saying I screwed up, I I really messed up, and I, I I am, by the grace of God, going to do better. 
um, dusting oneself up when falling off the horse, getting up and uh, trying it again, jumping on the horse again. Uh, shame, on the other hand, it's uh, very toxic, uh, leads to death because it leaves a person feeling totally hopeless. Uh, I'm not a good person. I'm not worthy of recovery. I am never going to get better. So all the negative thoughts um, are wrapped up in shame. And I, I had to, to go through quite a length of a discussion and with my sponsor about that. I uh, have had uh, quite a bit of time praying about it, surrendering it to the point where I feel God has taken that away from me. And I am grateful for that. So going back to the the beginning, um, this addiction started when I was five years old. Um, I was a five-year-old, very curious. Uh, um, My mom tells me that I was quick to get in trouble. Uh, So that's the kind of a person I was, rambunctious and very curious for my age. Anyway, one day we were visiting my grandmother's house. Um, they live in this big house, um, turn of the century, um, big, big house, lots of rooms, some rooms I was scared to go into because they were dark and, you know, in my small mind, uh, there were boogers there. But uh, the biggest booger was the one I found in my uncle's bedroom. Uh, I had gone in there and I was waiting on mom and while I was uh, in my uh, uncle's bedroom, I started uh, going through his magazines. He had a lot of uh, uh, music magazines uh, with the stars of the day, uh, music stars, movie stars, things like that. And I was looking at him, and in the midst of all those magazines, there was a uh, pornographic magazine. And at five years old, I had no clue what that was. I mean, I, I knew to a certain degree what nudity was because my mom always kind of taught me, you know, don't run around naked, you know, make sure you're covered, things like that. But uh, when I saw this, I just uh, felt dirty. There was something in me that uh, just made me feel like uh, I had crossed the line that I wasn't meant to cross at that time. And I felt totally naked. I mean, my soul became naked at that moment. I did not know that at that time, and I was very embarrassed. I mean, that's where I guess shame started creeping in into my soul because I was afraid and embarrassed to tell my mother what I saw. Um, I remember looking at just a couple of pages, closing it, and I got out of there. I just felt uh, that was not a good place for me. I mean, there was something inside of me that told me this was something wrong. But uh, because I did not take care of it uh, in the right way, for one thing, um, I lacked uh, a father figure in my in my life. At that time, I was um, my my father had died when I was two years old, and so uh, I learned to become the man of the house at um, at, at a pretty young age. I felt a certain amount of responsibility. Uh, my mother remained. Uh, a widow for about seven years, so it wasn't until I was nine years old that she remarried. Anyway, moving on, uh, like I said, uh, my mother was very strong, uh, very, uh, how can I say it, she was even uh, very possessive, and um, 
there were certain things um, of that that uh, she was very controlling, and so um, she was afraid to to let me grow. And that was one of the things that I I learned later on, and that's how I rebelled in my teens because I was not going to allow myself to be controlled by my mother. And uh, so we we butted heads a lot. But anyway, uh, back uh, backing up a little bit, uh, I didn't have any more bouts with pornography for for a while. Um, my mother, like I mentioned, had remarried when I was nine years old. And uh, the man that she married, um, she was hoping to bring a, a father figure in the home. She wanted us to... I had another brother that was two years younger than I was, and she wanted us to, to have a father figure, and that's the reason uh, she got married. She told me uh, years later that she got married because she wanted to see us uh, boys um, have a, a healthy view of, of what a home was like. But um, I have to say um, it was not to be because um, my stepfather and I did not get along very well. Um, like I mentioned, I started feeling... Uh, certain amount of responsibility uh, pretty young and so uh, when he came in I, I, I felt you know uh, a lot of a lot in me was kind of a this thing of challenging him coming into my domain but uh, that was wrong and um, going back to uh, I don't know what made me uh, I remember I was probably about uh, nine and a half maybe ten and um, I happened to discover uh, his pornography stash. He also was a sex addict, just like my uncle and my grandpa and a lot of people that I have since found out um, that uh, have been afflicted with his malady. Um, anyway, at that time, I was a little older. Um, some of my, uh, you know, I, I, again, I remember I connected those pictures right away with what I had seen when I was five years old. and. The rest is history. I discovered, uh, you know, that uh, there was a certain sense in which I was attracted to that material. I wanted to see more. Something in me just snapped, and I could not get enough. And um, but I felt very dirty. I felt uh, not like I was not a good person. And uh, I remember my mother taught us to to pray at a very young age. She was very religious. Uh, she took us to church. Sunday school, and um, I remember feeling very dirty, and at that um, age, you know, I started connecting with God somewhat, um, as much as a nine-and-a-half, ten-year-old can. I remember telling God that I felt this was not good for me. It was wrong. I did. I wanted him to kind of uh, clean me up because I felt dirty, but yet I did not open up myself to mom or anybody else. I just, uh, there was a deep shame that I carried and I did not. Um, and rather than telling her, um, looking back now, it was probably something that I enjoyed and I wanted to go back to. And so it was kind of like uh, leaving it there, hidden in the closet, uh, just accessible when I wanted it. And that's how my whole view of this whole sexuality thing started uh, on the wrong track as well as uh, my wrong view of God because even though I, I tried to connect with God, I did not know God in, in any shape or form. I only felt that God 
uh, was going to punish me, send me to hell. Um, I felt very dirty. I didn't think that uh, he was hearing me because I had found this thing. And anyway, I felt uh, very, very uh, ashamed. Um, later on, we moved from that house. We went to another place, <clears throat> started going to... Um, I, I became friends with some some buddies uh, that were a little older than I was. Uh, I tended to relate to older boys. Uh, for some reason, I never could relate to people my age. And um, anyway, that was part of the malady. Uh, but um, one of the things that happened, uh, uh, one one boy in particular that was a friend of mine had asked me if I have ever seen pornography, and I said uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, Anyway, he said, hey, he said, I want to show you something. So we went to this one room, and he told me, he said, hey, he said, think about those pictures that you have seen. And he said, start playing with yourself. And um, at that time, I, I, I just like something in me wanted to run away, and yet there was a certain amount of curiosity that I wanted to learn a little bit more about this thing. And that's how I became hooked on masturbation. Um, this boy just basically let, uh, led me step by step how to do it. Uh, never touched me, by the way, so it was just more like a show and tell situation. But uh, nevertheless, that just added another dimension to my shame, and I felt very dirty. Um, I remember at that time, then I started, um, you know, seeing more pornography, seeking it more. Um, I started seeing girls in a totally different light. Um, I did not see them as as uh, people to relate with in the right way, as friendships go. I never was able to develop very good uh, relationships. Like I mentioned, I, I did not connect very well with people my own age. And so girls to me were kind of um, one of those things, almost like a forbidden ground because I was afraid that if I was to get too close to a girl, it was only to take advantage of them. And so I kind of stayed away from girls and, and really gravitated very heavily towards masturbation, pornography. Uh, you know, that's that's where I started objectifying women. And um, so I kind of started on that slippery slope. Um, later on, uh, as I could tell that my mother was becoming more and more Aggressive, wanted to control my life. She knew something was wrong with me, but she couldn't put a finger on it. She she, uh, she was telling me she needed to take me to a psychologist because she could tell that I was not connecting with my friends, friends that were the same age with me. It, we ended up fighting a lot, and so I was kind of a, an alone kid, um, except for looking for older kids. That's, that's where I gravitated to. And um, she told me, she put a... a she gave me a book, and this one was written by a psychologist. At that time, I did not know anything about it. I don't think she did either. And um, so one of the things that happened, I started reading this book. It was something that I did never wanted to really open up to mom about anything about my hormones changing, anything to do with um, my sexuality. I could never discuss it with her. I could never. She tried different times, but I shut her down. Uh, my stepfather could never talk about it because it was very dysfunctional. Um, he, I knew his problem, and so I could never trust him. And uh, so because of that, I was very distant from him. And so my mother tried to fill both uh, places, uh, being a mother and a father. And that didn't work for me. Um, there was something in me that repelled, and I started... Uh, 
at a young age, just very much uh, butting heads with her, telling her to get off my case, leave me alone, and um, which was bad because uh, I continued to isolate and, and uh, my life uh, just went in, into a tailspin from there. Uh, later on, uh, uh, pornography wasn't enough, and that's how this uh, disease works. Uh, lust uh, never has enough. Lust uh, is like a fire. Once you start uh, the little fire, it becomes a bigger fire and wants more and more and consumes more of life, uh, consumed my thoughts, consumed a lot of things. There was something in me that I wanted to succeed. I thought that uh, success in business was going to be a way out of this thing. Little did I know that um, lust also manifested itself in that because when I was not consumed by pornography, I was consumed by money. I wanted to get as much of it as I could. Um, I wanted to uh, be the top dog in my company. I wanted to, uh, I was in sales and for many years I worked for this company, uh, almost 30 years by the way. And um, and uh, for, for many years, you know, I set new, new, new records uh, of income. I started another business within the business. Uh, I was hoping to buy that business and, and uh, take off with it. Um, but my company did not want to sell it because it was very successful. And so in a way, um, you know, I was very disappointed with some of these things. But uh, backing off a little bit from that, uh, I want to say this, that uh, um, at a young age, I tried to connect with God. I knew that there was something that was going to be bigger than me to help me out with this thing, but I did not know how to connect it in the right way. Um, all the religious people that I knew were very uh, much uh, condemning. They looked down on anything that had to do with a sexual nature, anything that was lustful. Um, it was looked down on. And so, uh, you know, the only way for me to become clean was to get rid of all that stuff in my life. And so I attempted to do that for a time. I, I let it go. I I decided, you know, the only way uh, for me to really get rid of this stuff is to, to get right with God. And I attempted that. I, I lived um, a pretty pretty good life for a couple of years without um any of that, I connected with some friends, and uh, they helped me for a while. But uh, lust, because I was not dealing with it in the right way, I had never really opened up all the stuff that was going on that was kind of like a cancer of the soul. Uh, it, was a, it was a cancer of the soul that was just uh, on remission only. And um, not the slightest uh, discomfort or pain or something that happened, you know, that was uh, that was the drug that I I went to. And so... I became rebellious. I decided, you know, this church stuff is just not for me. I, I don't like it. I cannot make a uh, relationship because I have to be perfect in order to be accepted. And uh, that was wrong of me because I had a wrong attitude, so I will clarify that. Um, there was a lot of good people there that uh, could have helped me if I would have just opened up, but I did not know how. Um, that was my problem. And because I did not know how, uh, it was a very painful thing, and so... I thought it's not worthy for me to continue just act like there's not a problem, you know. And so I, for a while, I started acting out again. Uh, this time I crossed other lines, um, like we had talked about, just, uh, you know, like I have learned in uh, this program. This uh, disease is progressive. It never has enough. And so um, it dragged me down further to the point where I started going to nude bars. Um, um, 
adult shops. Uh, you know, uh, I wasn't acting out with any particular person. I told myself I will never cross that line. But yet, you know, I was crossing so many lines that it was just a way of making myself feel somewhat okay. And uh, then I found, when I was still going to this church, I found that um, for a time I could live a double life. You know, nobody knew what was going on. And I started acting out, but yet, uh, you know, still going to church. And that doesn't work because both of my worlds collided eventually. Um, I got married and um, found uh, this uh, very... Um, nice lady, uh, very, uh, she was a very pure person, never knew what kind of a monster I was. And um, I thought, you know, this is, this is the answer to my problems. You know, God just sent this person to help me. You know, I was, I was so codependent. I didn't, and I did not know it. You know, when I met her, I fell in love with her. We started dating. I just thought, this is the end of my problems. I'll get married and, you know, it, it'll be, um, a better life from here, you know, kind of like a fairy tale. But uh, there again, alas, it wasn't. And so um, I think I'm running out of time, am I? Uh, You've got about four more minutes. Okay, thank you. So anyway, uh, just to kind of fast forward, uh, since I'm running out of time here, uh, just to say this, that... Um, in 2017, after having lost my job of 30 years, um, there again, because of my addiction, um, I did not know it at the time. That's what it was. I was very, very upset and angry because when I left, I was at the top of my game. I uh, was making uh, for the company $5 million, uh, and it was uh, quantifiable, you know, for the last uh, several years, um, you know, and, and it, was, it was growing every year. And so when when I was told that I was no longer able to, to, to stay at this company because they felt um, that I was not uh, performing the way um, the management team wanted me to, and I had some bad attitudes. I mean, one of the things that um, this loss had done in me was produce a lot of uh, bad attitudes. Um, I thought I was, uh, you know, it was pride. And so... Uh, it destroyed that, and uh, at that time, I did not know that was a problem. I, I blamed it on everything and everyone, you know, like the big book, uh, big book says, you know, I was fighting everything and everyone and uh, never seeing myself and uh, never looked to God for, for wisdom in this whole thing, and so I was just running away from God. I was running away from everybody. I was pushing everybody away that could have been of help to me, and um and so the only thing that was still semi-intact was my marriage. My wife was very committed, which I am thankful to God to this day that she decided to stay. Even after I made full disclosures, uh, I, I gave her the uh, option. I said, you know, honey, if you cannot stay with me, you are welcome to leave me. I know that I've been a monster and, uh, you know, you deserve better. But she chose to stay. And that's part of my story that's successful in some, in some ways because – I know many people in this program. I know very many people in the face-to-face meeting that I have gone to that uh, as soon as there was full disclosure, uh, most wives, or quite a few of the wives, could not handle it, and they left them. Um, you know, so I have been blessed on that side of it, but my wife chose to stay with me, and um, she's very supportive of my program. Um, I go to face-to-face meetings uh, once a week or twice a week when I can, uh, meet with my sponsor at least once a week. We talk uh, very often on the phone or text. 
Um, and so those are the things that are really making a difference in my life. Um, this program has basically helped me reconnect with the God that I did not know. And as I have known to reconnect with him in a different way, at a different level, it's continued to make a difference in my life. Uh, and like I said, I was hesitant to speak because today for me in March six uh, months of sobriety, I came into the program uh, August of 2017. A good friend of mine saw the pain that I was going through because having lost my job and invited me to my very first uh, SA meeting. Um, I didn't think I needed that. Um, I went very reluctant. And uh, because of my reluctancy, um, I wasn't working my program very well. And so I lost my sobriety close to the six-month mark. I got on the horse again, and I could see that there was a lot of good truth that was still resonating through my head. And I did not go as far down as I had gone before. And so I decided I'm going to get on the horse again and start attending meetings, start working my program a lot more. But uh, just to be honest, I, I lost my sobriety again, uh, July of 2014. And so, and so now from July 14th to now, it's, uh, it's a six-month six mark for me, which is remarkable. I am extremely grateful for that uh, to God because uh, that's what the program is doing. It's, it's showing me a better way to live. It is, it is the recipe for life. And uh, it works when I work it. It's, it works when I'm serious about it. Uh, if I'm not, um, it's, it's not going to work. And so that's my encouragement to anyone new to this. Um, it's okay to be skeptical, but, uh, you know, put the skepticism on the sideline and, and look at the nuts and bolts of this program. It works. Um, it is a recipe for life, and, and I really feel that it was divinely inspired, and God is working through it. So that's that's my message of hope for this morning. I appreciate uh, you having invited me to this. Thank you. 